Swanson to first. to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And Lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Hello there. It is episode number 132 of Four Future Considerations. I'm John Rashad. My friends Matt and Manny are with me as always. Guys, how's your week been? It's been real good. Busy week. I'm tired. What have you done this week? Oh, nothing. Just between Windsor and Hamilton, calling <laughs> OHL games. Well, the Windsor Spitfires gave it everything they had. They took the best team in the Ontario Hockey League in the regular season to a game seven. Oh, yeah, I got a job. Oh, yeah, I'm coaching soccer. Oh, yeah, I got a family. Just a little bit tired this week. Well, Manny, if you did what fathers did back in the 70s and 80s, you neglect the family and just pay attention to the job. That's how you do all that. Oh, I get it. So I'm doing it wrong. (laughs) Got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's Father's Day weekend after all. I'm gonna lay the lay the law down this weekend for Father's Day weekend. Enough's enough. Just say you're going out for some milk and come back on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think I did that before I had went to Hamilton for game seven of the OHL final. <laughs> going for milk. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> You guys got to come with me to Hamilton, by the way. The old Cops Coliseum, it's now the first Ontario Center. Walking the catwalk up high above the ice. If if you haven't (laughs) been on my Twitter feed, at Pave of the Way, it's unbelievable. It gives you the heebie-jeebies. Do you guys like heights? See, I'm not afraid of heights, but I don't enjoy catwalks like that. When I can see through the metal grate down to the ice, because I had to walk that. It's a very similar walk, actually, in Oshawa to get to that press box. And I had to run cable with an engineer of our radio station one time before the first game of the season for the Oshawa Generals one year. And um, the ice was very dimly lit because we were in there like 11 a.m. on game day. And yeah, walking across that catwalk, I didn't really enjoy it. I'm usually not a, I don't usually have a problem with heights but that's a that's a bit of a i don't know it doesn't feel that sturdy you can see through the metal grate it's it's uncomfortable for me if i stand on this couch i start getting a little queasy (laughs) manny i have not seen either of those videos because i've just read the caption and said oh shit i'm gonna watch something else i'm gonna watch a dog sitting up falling asleep on the couch instead (laughs) Listen, the only thing that's worse about walking around on a catwalk or something that's sky high like that is when a friend tells you to come over and say hi and you get brave enough to walk up at that catwalk and basically hang from the rafters to go say hi to your friend and you get there and he's not there. He's on the other side of the arena on the (laughs) ground, which would have been a much more comfortable walk to begin with, Manny Pava. Oh, that's amazing. Isn't it weird to see people out again? Like uh, games, uh, games four and six in uh, Windsor were packed, jam packed, 6,500 people in Hamilton for game seven. They opened up the upper bowl which hasn't been opened in years in Hamilton is for hockey. It's, it's crazy. And Matt, what's it like being in the U S again? 
you know what's great? It never happened over there. This is great. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I asked a few people that I've been around if they ever had any side effects from the vaccine or anything like that uh, when they were going through everything. They think I'm just talking about having like an extra Miller Lite or two. <laughs> oh, no, little headache the next day. Not a big deal. Took the day off. Eh, that's about it. <laughs> Matt hobnogging at the uh, coaches conference in Ann Arbor. Are you getting the inside scoops? I I got it all, guys. Yeah. I've got I, anything you need to know about hockey. I've got it. Look, this is tonight. We're talking to to, to David Branch, OHL commissioner, uh, on this episode tonight. Mike Babcock is going to be on the stage at the Coaches' Sake Conference. Todd Woodcroft is coming up at the Coaches' Sake Conference. Both of them already have told me to stay away from them and (laughs) not to reach out after this. I'm flying high, guys. This is the best week of my life. Wait, so they're not coming on the pod? Is that what you're saying? You know what? Todd Woodcroft, maybe, maybe. Mike Babcock definitely has a Matt Dumichel problem. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're probably we're gonna we're gonna take a, maybe a year off of that. Maybe we'll drop in a couple of uh, of quick hey, how's it goings and stuff in in February. Um, but we're we're probably not not gonna talk about that anytime soon. <laughs> it's always nice when Matt gets the restraining order and he's like, "Hey, they spelled my last name correctly. He knows who I am." Even yeah, better they- in the states too. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I his leave no doubt book is one of my favorite books of all time that Mike Babcock wrote when he was coaching the Canadian Olympic team. And I was really excited to get him to sign it. Instead, I got these documents from the lawyer that signed by Mike Babcock. Thanks very much. I'll frame those ones. <laughs> it's better than Great. when he signed the book to uh, he signed the book to Max. <laughs> So Matt's been at the Coaches Conference in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I've been covering the OHL Championship Final between Hamilton and Windsor. And John, what have you been doing? I've been chilling like a villain. (laughs) (laughs) I have been sitting on my couch all week watching sports, and uh, that's really about it. Bruno and I have been going for the odd walk. I've been burning off the last little bit of holidays that I needed to use up before the beginning of July. So... um, a couple of days I've slept in till noon. So Jill, my wife gets up and she works on a morning show on a radio station. So she'll get up at three 30, go work her eight hour shift, come home and I'm still in bed. And you better believe she loves that. No judgment there whatsoever. <laughs> Especially when the first bed. thing you say to her every day is what's for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm like, what? You're already up. <laughs> Rashad, let's be honest here. You got one of those little bells uh, on the table next to your side of the bed, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, honey. And Joe's like, if you ever call me Jeeves again, I'm divorcing you. (laughs) And you better not bring that darn bell down here to Windsor when you come visit us on Canada Day weekend. (laughs) Uh I'll I'll come service you afterwards, all right. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, we want to say happy Father's Day to all the dads who listen to the podcast. We hope you have a lot of fun with us. We also want to say happy birthday to our good friend, Fred Wallace, who celebrated his 
birthday. We won't say what age he was earlier in the week, but we had Freddie on episode 110, one of our favorite episodes of all time. If you have not listened to the stories from Fred Wellness on episode 110, do yourself a favor and go back and have a listen. That was a lot of fun. And I know a lot of people ask about Fred uh, on a pretty regular basis. Um, he is recovering nicely and uh, on the mend. So good news on that front as well. Great news. Great news. Yeah. Uh, as mentioned, this is our second show of the week, the show we like to call the OT, where we will have a special guest on the show. Yeah. And we'll more on that in a moment. If you did not catch the first episode of the week, I mean, what are you talking about at work? And you're probably just standing there <laughs> nodding along because everybody else talks about it. We talked about the Stanley Cup final. We talked about the NBA playoffs, golf. We got into Post Malone. And you don't even, you missed a couple of great holidays too. Like, I don't know how you plan on uh, basically being out in society without having listened to that episode and not being on top of what's really happening in the world today. Right. And the CFL debate on that episode, let me I tell mean, you. I don't know anybody on TSN that covers the CFL. Truly, but no one covered it better than we did. Is there a guy Chris? Is there a Chris on on TSN that does the that does the CFL? <laughs> Maybe a Mark? I don't know. Well, heck, I'll tell you right now, Zach Calero should do it on TSN because he does everything in the CFL, including lead the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to a three peat this year, baby. Woo! Uh, I love listening to you guys talk CFL. It's great. <laughs> the season just started. How many damn weeks is this season anyways? We, we're, we're just getting started here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got a long way to go yet. Uh, but it's kind of like um, in other sports. You know how you have a moment on the calendar where things start getting serious? Like, you know, baseball, you don't really – it doesn't really start getting serious. You don't have to pay attention in April and May. Uh, CFL doesn't really get going until uh, – Usually Labor Day weekend is when things really start heating up. Okay. That doesn't mean we don't have, we can't enjoy it all season long, but uh, yeah, Labor Day is when the rubber really hits the road in the CFL. John Rashad, future TSN CFL analyst right here. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's right. And I should mention too, we received an email from Chad in Calgary who loved the debate, but wanted to get our thoughts on the leaders for the con Smythe as the MVP of the NHL playoffs. Who do you guys think? Well, if Tampa Bay wins it all again, it has to be Vasilevsky, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, he's been outstanding. I agree. And then if they lose, I don't think he wins it because they almost always give it to somebody on the winning team. So for me, it's Vasilevsky as well if if Tampa Bay wins. Vasilevsky yeah, or McKinnon's to lose, right, Matt? For sure. And when you look at the way that the even the, the, the marking looks for total points, what's interesting about these two teams, and you can kind of see uh, where we're going with this, but you look at the playoff totals, the top player in scoring coming into this series is sixth in the NHL playoffs. It was McDavid, Dreisaitl, Zibanejad, Kucherov, and Adam Fox are the top five in scoring. The, the top or the highest scoring player in this series or left is a defenseman. Kale McCarr, 22 points. If Colorado wins the Stanley Cup this year, 
Kel McCarr is going to be a big reason why. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up going with that kid because he's going to end up logging 30-something minutes a night when uh, when things really start getting serious in the, in this series. So if Colorado wins, Kale McCarr is going to be a huge part of that. I would put him on the top of my list if Colorado's going to win this. You make a good point. I only say McKinnon for Colorado because he's got 11 goals in the playoffs. He can score, mm-hmm. but McCarr... Point leader among the remaining players. That's a fair point. And that's just a small taste of what we did in our first episode of the week. So if you want to hear more debate, go back and listen to episode 131. And you can email us uh, with your thoughts as well uh, for future considerations at gmail.com. Now it is time for our guest, and it doesn't get much bigger than this. He's been the commissioner of the Ontario Hockey League since 1979, so he's done this for a while. He's also been the president of the Canadian Hockey League from 1996 to 2019. Yeah, everyone knows we're talking about David Branch. I got a chance to sit down with him before Game 7 of the Ontario Hockey League final between the Windsor Spitfires and the Hamilton Bulldogs. Not a long interview, But we got into some pretty deep topics as we talked about the league coming out of the pandemic, the state of the OHL, and of course, it's marquee championship matchup. The commissioner, David Branch, is in Hamilton. Commish, always great to see you. Uh, how, How about this? After all the COVID protocols, we've got a fantastic battle for the OHL championship series. How great is it to have junior hockey back? Yeah, it's a great way to to capture that. Absolutely, Manny. I mean, we all, from, you know, teams and our owners and coaches and most importantly, our players and our fans, hate the the last couple of seasons have been a real struggle, right? But uh, we all knew that there were many other people in many different walks of lives that had more challenges than us. And and so we had, uh, as they say, suck it up and... uh, you know, learn to deal with it. And I know in speaking to several players, some as, as late as last week when I was in Windsor, I mean, I, I commend the players that they found a way to continue to work on their game uh, to get better. And, and I think a, a classic exam, example of that is uh, Wyatt Johnson. I mean, you know, he has stepped back in this year and he's just that much better than he was. Uh, when he last played, and, and he's just getting better and better. So, I mean, it, 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 it's really, really, uh, I think, uh, valued by all of us, the game more than ever before, and the competition has just gotten better and better this season, and it, the, the culmination is a, an outstanding league final. Couldn't ask for more, Manny. From your desk, how do you think the league overall handled the pandemic protocols and all that? Uh, I really believe we did a, an excellent job. I mean, we all every decision we made, we always first and foremost said what is best for the player, uh, the health and safety of our players. And hey, we all wanted to get back as soon as possible. And uh, you know, but we always kept that at the top of our uh, checklist. And then, of course, I mean, from a league standpoint, our staff did an incredible job like Ted Baker along with our scheduling guru (laughs) her morale you know uh, I I can't imagine I don't understand how how Herb does it being able to do all these different schedules and attempt to re uh, 
reconfigure our needs based on COVID. And I think that the one thing that our owners did, which was, I think, a very important uh, move, was that they embraced the thought that let's, when returning to play, not have any really interconference play. Let's keep travel to a minimum. Let's allow for the rescheduling of games because we knew there was going to be some postponement postponements, Manny. But uh, by not having crossovers, as we say, we were in a better position to respond to the needs. And then there was the added value that you're close to in Windsor of, uh, you know, the cross-border <laughs> needs and wants that we had and the regulations around that and our three U.S. teams in particular, Saginaw, uh, Flint and, and Erie, really worked with us. And uh, it was challenging to everybody, but we found a way and uh, the problems that came at us uh, were in some way welcomed because it meant we were going to play. So that, that's all been, I think, very healthy, Manny. Yeah, been the hurdles that you and your staff had to jump through to get the season off the ground commend you immensely for that. You talked about how the, you didn't have crossover or uh, conference games between the East and the West. Um, I'm sure that helped from a financial standpoint because we didn't have many fans in the stands at the beginning of the year. Yeah. It's so great to see the thousands of fans that are attending the games now. From a financial standpoint, how is the league in that position? Well, you know what? Uh, as I said earlier, Manny, uh, I mean, we've taken the position that it's not poor me, it's not poor us. There's other businesses, families that are in much more dire straits than us, uh, you know. And, and so we, we t have taken the position we're not going to complain. We're just going to embrace all the good things. Um, I, I think in general terms, I can clearly state losing a whole season, it was, it was a challenge, a real challenge financially and otherwise. Uh, not being able to do the playoffs, you know, two years ago, that was a challenge. It, it impacted adversely. But we have found a way. Uh, I give credit to our owners. They, uh, they all dug deep. And, and, uh, and it's well, I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the province of Ontario helping us by uh, funding in part our scholarship program the last two years which our owners uh, clearly understood their obligations that we must continue to meet uh, you know what we have given our players who are now going on to youth sport or just getting on with their life and not uh, necessarily playing hockey anymore so I mean a lot of good things happened and by working together um, you know what I think we're a better league we, we started to work more closely with our arena facilities. They were huge in all this. And it's just another example of how uh, we forge some new relationships, some new partnerships that really will serve us well going forward. And it'll help the, bo the bottom line, the budget line, that sort of thing. Those well, partnerships. You look at all the programs that you know our owners and our league have started for our players, not notwithstanding, you know, the costs of outfitting a player, etc., but from our mental health programs and our, our drug education programs and and on and on and on, hey, those are those are costly. But it's it's something today that, you know, we recognize the importance of developing the whole person uh, and supporting the whole person both on and off the ice. 
Dave, what are you most proud of? I, I know getting through the hurdles and the pandemic and that sort of thing is, is something that you're very proud of. But as you sit here in 2022, running the best junior development hockey league in the world, what are you most proud of? Well, you know, just looking back for the short term is we made, you know, representations to our players as they were getting anxious after having sat out a, a full season that, listen, we're going to play 68 games. Hey, we're going to have a p- full playoff schedule. And, and we met those commitments. That was huge, and that was so important. I mean, in terms of other areas, you might say, uh, of looking back, uh, our league has evolved by working together and having great support among owners and managers and coaches, and we've been able to attract the best young players to our program. And uh, because make no mistake about it, the player is the most important person in the game. And I think, uh, you know, the fact that uh, we've been able to hold on to that, uh, shall we say, uh, aspect of, of being best development league in the world, recognized as such, and then players responding by choosing our league, uh, players, parents, uh, in Ontario, in the U.S., and of course our import players, that, that really means a lot. The fact that that's becoming more competitive uh, has to be a challenge. Like, where, If there's one area that you want to see the league progress, Commissioner, where would that be? Well, first of all, you're right about competition, but you know what? It's competition that makes you better. You know, as an example, and, uh, you know, the Bulldogs and the Spitfires are a classic example of that. Here we are in our league final, and they're arguably playing the best hockey of the season because they're pushing each other. So we we have taken up the challenge of competition, and uh, we're really... Uh, you know, pleased with the things that we've done to continue to be the number one development league in the world. And where do you want to, what's an area that you want to see growth in? What's an area that you would like to see improve going forward? Well, I, I mean, we've got to make sure short, short term that all our franchises are strong financially and otherwise. And uh, I, I think that uh, We've got a lot of young people involved in the league office now, and the one area that I see of huge importance is the whole aspect of social media, uh, the use of the various platforms for the broadcast of our game. It's a changing world, and we've come a long way in responding to that. And uh, I just feel really, really pleased that, uh, like I say, uh, the younger people that understand it certainly more than an old guy like me, and uh, and our owners get it too, and, and we're all embracing that challenge to get better. Let's talk about the product on the ice. You've got the Spitfires and the Bulldogs. What's impressed you most from the championship series so far? Well, I, I, I mean, uh, first of all, the, the level of coaching of both teams is, is, and preparation is superb. I, I touched on earlier, you know, uh, young Wyatt Johnston, I mean, you, you look at him, he's an example of how players evolve and grow. Uh, I was telling the story about, I saw him first at the OHL Cup, and I mean, he, he was, you could tell he was a very good player, but boy, you know what, uh, five foot seven. he told me he was 5'9", I don't believe that, 
And, and you know, that I give our teams credit as to how they can project players and help them grow and develop right on and off the ice. But uh, you see it here, I mean, we were almost like two leagues this year as we touched on with no interconference play. So there was some intrigue about who are the spits in the eyes of the Bulldogs and vice versa, right? And I mean, both teams, you know, to me, <laughs> uh, are a carbon copy of each other with some of the skill they have some of the strength they have physically and otherwise. You know, just the whole makeup of their teams. So, I mean, there's no weaknesses. It, it's just uh, a great product, and our fans and everyone who watches, we're the benefactors. And it, it's without a doubt that the OHL will be well represented at the Memorial Cup. Well, I, being a proud New Brunswicker, <laughs> I, I'm really looking forward to going to St. John, New Brunswick, and uh, uh, yes, we're going to be extremely well represented. But that's the other thing. I talked about interconference and not knowing the opposition. There was a time when, you know, you you could look at a WHL team and they'd play a certain way. The, the Q team would play a certain way of style, and Ontario was another one. But now, I mean, be, with our world's gotten smaller, and a, a lot of it is through, you know, broadcast and other mediums. and. I mean, to me, all three leagues play the same now. And so this is going to be a, a battle of will and skill. And, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be so exciting. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I appreciate you taking time out to talk to us, Dave Branch. I really do. Hey, my pleasure, Manny. Thank you. That is OHL Commissioner David Branch, who is originally from Bathurst, New Brunswick. And he is heading back to the province for the Memorial Cup, which is being hosted in St. John, beginning on Monday. I've been to Bathurst, actually. Lovely have you? place. Yep, I have. Would it's you rather be in Bathurst or St. John? I've never been to St. John, so I can't say. I've been to St. John. What do you think, Matt? I thought it was a great town. I, I've never been to the eastern part of our beautiful country in the summer. And I would love to do that because I can tell you that PEI, St. John, Halifax, all of that stuff look like beautiful, beautiful cities. But in February, they suck. So <laughs> I'd love to see, <laughs> I'd love to go out and enjoy a Eastern Canada summer because it's a beautiful, beautiful area. I, I go back to Nova Scotia in a heartbeat. I golfed outside Peggy's Cove, went to Peggy's Cove. Halifax is a great city. I'd go in a heartbeat, especially in the summer, not the winter. So we mentioned uh, the OHL Championship and uh, David Branch. And speaking of other marquee tournaments, the World Cup field is set after Australia and Costa Rica advanced to the tournament. We received a question from Roy in London, and I thought we would throw it out here since Matt loves his soccer. Do you have uh, countries to root for already? Have you guys started looking at uh, who's, who's in the field and who you're going to choose to root for? No, uh, I haven't given it any consideration whatsoever. Is it, when is the World Cup? Is it this year or next year? What are you talking about? When does it start? You don't even know when the World Cup is? To save my own life, I could not tell you right now when the World Cup is. November. So it's almost like it's like five months from now. Yeah, but everybody's talking about it. Isn't it going to be cold where they're doing it? No. <laughs> they're doing it in Qatar. <laughs> Might be the hottest place on the planet. 
What, what time are these games going to be on? Four in the morning? Yeah. Actually, they, they actually. might be. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, listen. I, I'm getting into soccer. I'm coaching <laughs> soccer. I'm, I'm a U5 soccer coach. I'm in the club. I love Jurgen Klopp. I love Pep Guardiola. I want to like soccer, and I would watch a couple of World Cup games. But just in that description, I've decided, no, I will not be watching any of the World Cup. I'm, I hope Canada doesn't embarrass themselves. That's my only hope of, of the World Cup. And I hope people stop liking that Alfonso Davies goal because it wasn't that <laughs> impressive. And we, they, they, we're all excited Wait about a the minute. We're all excited wait about them minute. getting into the World Cup. I didn't realize that they had clinched and now had to wait three years to get into the actual World Cup. Like it's a little anticlimactic, don't you think? It's not impressive. That goal was not impressive. Wait I a know, minute. I know people who specifically go back in our chat and uh, in our social media feed to unlike and then re-like that picture so the notifications go off. In fact, I encourage it. I might do that. Rashad, let's do it. You and I, let's do it again. Just to piss Matt off. The last, in fact, the last one that I saw was Panny Mava 69. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know who that was. I know that guy. He's a good guy. I know that guy. In fact, I think we should put out a poll for play plays of the past six months, top plays of the past six months, and see, and see how many votes that play gets. You're rooting for Canada, right? I no, you know what? I I have this thing, and I I don't I love being Canadian, but I I have a hard time cheering for Canada just because it's Canada when I don't know anything about any of these people. So I I might watch some of the World Cup. I might look. I had a great time with you when you first moved down here and we watched Euro because the game was at like 3 o'clock and we had a, the whole afternoon to enjoy. I'm not losing a second of sleep to follow the World Cup in any way, shape, or form. Nobody, you don't need to lose any sleep. It's fine. But you've got five months to brush up. Games are late November, early December. And Matt, I'm already on the website right here. So uh, the big uh, categories on the World Cup website right now, get your ticket online, which we're obviously not doing because we can't afford to go that far. Five cool things about Qatar. And then the third one is learn Arabic. So I think that's kind of fun. (laughs) So John's right into it. John's right into it. John, are we going back to North Macedonia? The dream is still alive or what? (laughs) They never made it. They didn't. Oh, make chase. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so you're cheering for who? Cameroon or Senegal? You got to cheer for Senegal. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> the only person and- in the winter that I'm cheering for is Shaq Evans, 6'1, 210 wide receiver of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders from Inglewood, <laughs> California. 2019 All Star, making his CFL debut in June of 2018. He's played seven games, made 26 receptions for 220 yards. Outstanding player. That's where I'm cheering for the winter. By the time the World Cup starts, Saskatchewan will be out of the playoff picture in the CFL. <laughs> doesn't everyone make the playoffs in the CFL? <laughs> doesn't the worst team in one division get to make the playoffs in the other division? 
That actually does happen. <laughs> I can't even defend that. That does happen. <laughs> so I'm brushing up on my Arabic here. The uh, first things they have on the website that you could learn here is goodbye. Where can I park? <laughs> Hello. Excuse me. And chocolate are the first words you're going to learn in Arabic okay. on, the, on the World Cup website. <laughs> All things to get by in Qatar. (laughs) Chocolate. (laughs) You let me know how far down the list it is to go to the bathroom, and then I'll start paying attention. Yeah. I love that chocolate is even ahead of thank you. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Who would eat chocolate in Qatar? Wouldn't it melt right away? Like, what is going on? Uh, Well... I think we've uh, put a fine exclamation mark on this episode. Remember, if you want to get in touch with us, questions or comments, you can send us an email for future considerations at gmail.com. Follow us on social media to podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook. Leave us a review five stars or we'll find out where you live. (laughs) 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 Nothing like a good threat there. Yeah, really. Yeah. We also remind you to go back and have a listen to our previous episodes too, like last week's OT with OHL leading scorer and Red Tilson award winner, Wyatt Johnston of the Windsor Spitfires. That was a good interview. Well done, Manny. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Another great episode today. We want to thank our sponsors. Without them, they wouldn't. this wouldn't be possible. This drama-filled debate, straight-laced debate, London Awnings, thank you for jumping on board. London Awnings, quality that shows. And thanks to our good friend Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. Where else will you get this kind of in-depth sports knowledge? On any podcast? I need you, before we wrap this up, to try to say chocolate in Arabic. <laughs> okay. Go back up. Oh, <laughs> wow, that's easy. <laughs> Chocolata. <laughs> what? It is. Chocolata. <laughs> Done. So Rashad now speaks Arabic. Look at this. What a, what a show. Where where are you going to find this? Really? Yeah, really. Are you reading Arabic for dummies? Is that what this is? <laughs> or what? <laughs> Chocolata? Chocolata is chocolate in Arabic. There we go. Yeah, who would have thought? John, how many languages do you know now? (laughs) One and a half. (laughs) (laughs) So French and Arabic, right? (laughs) That's right. I'm working on English. (laughs) Hey, thanks for listening to this edition of the OT. We'll talk to you next week on For Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.